Broadcasting from high above the reserve, this is Radio Harambe. Thank you once again for tuning in to Radio Harambe. I am Dave McBride, broadcasting from the snowy, windswept Radio Harambe studios. And joining me also in studio, Mike's taking a long sabbatical from his trips out to uh, the wild. It's Safari Mike. Mike, how are you today? Good, Dave. I'm getting kind of tired of this weather. Getting cramped? I think I have to go. I'm going to have to leave soon. (laughs) Be soon? That's uh, We're we're all for that. I'm sure Uh, you are. Today we're going to discuss the news from uh, the Animal Kingdom, Disney's Animal Kingdom, and the rest of Walt Disney World, and then we're going to give you a walking tour of the Pangani Forest Exploration Trail. Uh, we always look forward to these kind of things. I love talking about stuff like this, so this stay is, tuned for that. This it's is, our fifth one? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, could be. Could be. We did Maharaja. Definitely. Uh, Old Harambe. I think we did Discovery Island, right? And Nope. We did Old Harambe. We did... Old Harambe. Yeah, just the original yep, town. Yep, we yep. did the Kali River Rapids Q, which is an yes, Andapur. Yes, oh, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's and right. we did the Oasis. The Oasis. That's what I meant. Not Discovery I, Island. The Oasis. I think that's yeah, it. We right? did that's it, it yeah, I think. Yeah, I think that's definitely it. So anyway, let's start with the local news. And I'm going to start with this um, story because... Uh, uh, just just so that you guys know, um, Mike writes some of the local news. In fact, he usually does. Um, and Mike's uh, qualities as a journalist rather than an editorialist That's true. tend to blur. So the beginning of this sentence is... Both are rather poor. With no word on why, <laughs> the churros and jalapeno pretzels are gone from the animal kingdom. So obviously, Mike, these are two things that you're upset about. Or one thing, at least. One let's thing. be honest. Yeah, I mean, the jalapeno pretzel was a... Forgive me if I get a little choked up talking about this. <laughs> was a favorite of mine. I mean, they're still available elsewhere. I think there's a place in Epcot that has them. And maybe even Hollywood Studios. Although, who knows what's at Hollywood Studios nowadays. That's true. Um, yeah, I loved the jalapeno cheese stuffed pretzel. I thought it was a fantastic snack. Uh, the churros you could still get in numerous different places, so that's not as nearly as upsetting. Um, but the <laughs> well, you loss can buy churros in it. <laughs> of the jalapeno cheese pretzel is does affect me greatly. Yeah, so they they are gone. Uh, as Mike said, you can still get them. Uh, Mike writes here at Epcot's uh, Block and Hans. Is that in Germany? It I believe be. it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, and obviously the churros you can find in places, just about yeah. anywhere. So they are gone. Uh, the refurbishment of Cali River Rapids, which I think we talked about maybe on the last time we did the news, we talked about Cali going down, um, has actually been extended, which is unusual. Mm-hmm. Um, it was expected to open already. It was expected to only be a short two-week thing, and it's been extended into um, later or, or into mid-March is what they're saying now with right. no confirmed date yet. Um 
the somebody estimates you wrote you wrote an estimate here of the 18th of March. Um, I believe that was from Orlando Park News, if my memory yeah, serves. but uh, there's no info. I haven't seen that yet. No, it's um, not official. So, what this could only mean is that we've come across an issue, perhaps that they need to do. Perhaps. Uh, so you're not going to say we're not going to see Cali River Rapids. That's very you know that's all right though. Sorry to hear that. I'll do it next time. It'll be cold there anyway. So you know, before we started the show. I forgot to do a disclaimer. Uh, my disclaimer for today is that Mike and I normally record this show in the late hours of the night when it's dark out. And all of the all the, uh, the animals the, are quiet. Right. All the animals are nestled snugly in their beds and sleeping. Uh, that is not the case today. We are recording in the middle of the day. So if you should happen to hear any of my herd barking or my children child i mean uh, my <laughs> child what the heck's going on there my child making noises or any of my droids beeping away i mean the place is <laughs> the studio is in full operation at this moment so we can't guarantee we don't say yeah, you can maybe you heard that you can't you can't uh, we can't guarantee the quietness that we normally have so anyway on to our third story and this is kind of an interesting one I, there was a new um Mickey Monitor that came out. It's the Pass Holder magazine, a small little publication mm-hmm. that they send out, actual hard copy magazine that they send out to uh, annual pass holders. Um, and in there was a new concept art from the Rivers of Light. Now, right. it's very similar to the old ones. It's, you know, you see sort of a centerpiece type of thing in the middle of the water, and then you see what you can obviously deduces is those rain, those water curtains with projections on them. Uh, you can think of phantasmic for that kind of thing. Um, you can see that being used and a lot of other things. It's just a lot more detail and a little yeah. busier here than the other a ones A lot were. busier. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot more detail to it. There's a lot of real sort of, I mean, this is an animal-centric show, obviously. This is an animal show. Because every piece of concept art we've seen so far says that. I mean, we're right. seeing in in this. I'm seeing a tortoise, tiger, horse, lion, uh, vulture, some sort of bird of prey. Uh, you know, bears. I'm seeing an owl, elephants. There's a, all in the sort of silhouette, mm-hmm. sort of beautiful light. Um, you, you know, projections or whatever they might be. There's birds flying. I mean, it looks the, incredible. The text of the Mickey Monitor actually references for huge animal they use the word g-u-r-e-s i don't know what that means really but they use owl tiger turtle and elephant and they appear and morph as their animal spirits awaken and come to life on water screens it's interesting it is interesting yeah i'm looking at it here the welfare in the animal integrity of the park itself is right yeah interesting yeah they make a point of noting that the yeah. none of the effects are going to affect yep. uh, the real life animals in there important to note that right in their in the exhibits and whatnot so there's going to be animal shaped barges which that is obviously what we see mm-hmm. if you if you can see the picture which is on multiple sites now uh, you, you can see the barges are obviously the tiger maybe the tortoise in the back the elephant and it might be two elephants there, yeah, like a mother mm-hmm. and a baby, big red and little red, and then what looks like to be an owl in the back. Um, so there's those four barges plus that center barge in the middle. Uh, fountains everywhere. Um, these like lantern box lantern type 
effects that are floating, seem to be floating in the water. Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure what that is. That may be the projections themselves, the projectors themselves, or things like that could be hidden in, in something like that. Um, you know, some sort of technical thing is in there. It does look permanent. This doesn't look like something that's going to come in and out every day like they've done in the past right. with shows specifically at Epcot. Um, and it, it really looks like this has come together. I mean, it's 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 a it's a fascinating rendering. It's beautiful. And this is going to be a heck of a show. I mean, this is just going to be incredible. <laughs> no, and it's coming soon. Yeah, um, animal injury will be projected on the sails of the boats, right? On large water screens. So we're going to see boats. Come. Oh, I see that now. Yeah, now I'm picking this up. The sails on the side here. Um, there's two. Looks like one might be a traditional. What you would call a you know, sort of a more modern triangle-shaped sail, um, a mainsail of a schooner or something like that, or a sloop, and then there's what appears to be sort of like that old Chinese junk kind of sail. Sure, um, the little smaller sail. So we're going to have all of that represented. I don't know. We don't. We don't know what that's going to be about. But wow. one thing is for sure before we leave this topic is mm-hmm. that um, this will be unlike any of the other. Show capping events it does seem or that way. Park capping events, I should say. The one thing, Mike, we haven't seen in any of these pieces of art is a Disney character. That's true, and that's good. We haven't seen a single one yet, so we're we're moving in the right. I mean, even there's not even with all these animals, <laughs> no Simba, right? Forget Mickey or, or Goofy, but yeah, no, Simba no Simba, or no Bambi or Dumbo. Or, uh, right. There's no nothing. There's just you know, not even not even Baloo or anybody like that, or you know, or, right? <laughs> it's uh, it's it's all it's all like renderings and beautiful artistic sort of renderings of animals. So we're, we're stepping back a little bit to the roots of the animal kingdom here and going back to that sort of animal centric artistry. And it's really impressive looking. So anyway, so let's move on to our last story of the local news. Again, this is another thing where we're just trying to get a little bit more information. Um, we, we always love to, and, and, and websites, Disney websites the world over, love to troll around for uh, permits and things filed with local go- county government uh, in, uh, in Florida. Mm-hmm. And they've recently filed one with a water management district, um, which gives us a little bit more information about the layout and the planning of the new river ride, the Navi River Journey. That's coming to the Avatar section at Disney's Animal Kingdom. Um, Mike, there's not a whole lot here. We're seeing what could be water paths, um, but not, you know, it's hard to really say that. But as you pointed out before we went on air, it looks like the big news is that we're not getting an indoor-outdoor thing, which right. we thought we may get. Right. It's, it looks like it's strictly indoors. That's yeah. the only real information you get from this yeah it's hard to really tell because we have what appears to be a single building that's going to house both attractions is that what you're getting out of this too right so on the left side here and what we're seeing is something called facility number 804 which mm-hmm. where everybody's assuming is a building and i am too and you see on the left side of this the bigger area that must be the theaters mm-hmm. right and then the smaller area where it says ride and then you have what's obviously water features just from the way the layout is um there's a lot of technical stuff involved in this plan too uh you know like where the where the water treatment unit's going to be and all that kind of stuff that doesn't really matter to you um but it's uh you know where the you know this, all that kind of stuff but but all but what we have here is obviously one building housing two rides uh which is also interesting 
and uh, and and completely indoors as of this point. Now we don't know if they're just going if, if some of it's going to be outdoors and under an overhang. That's possible in this. I suppose that's possible. You know, just so that we're not having an outdoor ride interrupted by weather. Right. No way to note that. <laughs> yeah. There's no way to yeah. know. Anyway, uh, so that's it. That's it for the local that's news. That's not it for the local news. Oh, God. What I, we... I, I covered a couple things before we went on air, Dave. Oh, okay. Go. First of all, uh, Touring Plans is reporting, or and Disney it has pushed hours, park hours at Animal Kingdom in June to 8 o'clock. Ooh. So I'm assuming that's what time Rivers of Light will be, at least in June. All right. All right. That's number one. And number two is the Orlando Park Sentinel. Can, can I just make yes, one, one mention on that? That's early because that's not nighttime in June. That's dusk. Right. In the, at least in the later part of June, correct? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Mid-June I mean, will, will be the longest day of right, the year. June, June so. 21st, right. Yep. So correct. Yeah. It's interesting. It is going to be 8 o'clock. So I, I guess part of it will be during dusk. regular... Yep. You know, as you say, twilight, dusk. Kind yep, of, yeah. Yep. The other thing, Dave, um, is the Orlando Park Sentinel recently went on a, um, I guess some of their food journalists got a sneak peek at some of the food you'll be getting at Tiffin's. Oh. So let me give you the three things that they tried. All right. Black-eyed pea fritters with roasted sweet peppers, yogurt, and zo Z-H-O-U-G-H, which is a green chili paste. A sustainable fish with roasted corn salsa. And sea salt. Mm-hmm. And finally, a honey-glazed coriander-spiced pork rib. Mike, they're going to go to burgers and chicken fingers. <laughs> I know you think that, dude. In Let's three months. The Skipper Canteen, which by we'll Christmas, it'll be it'll be <laughs> chicken fingers. If they're going to sell that first thing, they're going to sell Black-eyed. two of those a month. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> is that it? Uh, that is it. All right, so let's go straight to the world news. All right. What you got? Dave, we are going to go to uh, Adventureland, and we are also going to go to the Grand Floridian. But I first, love Adventureland. Very briefly, um, the Lion King, the Circle of Life movie, has shut down. Oh, I read this. And is under refurbishment. Yeah. Um, it started. The refurbishment started on February 7th. It's going to be a, a little while. Uh, I think it's a couple of months of a, um, of a refurbishment. People have been assuming that that means they might replace the theater or replace the show. Mm-hmm. But I'm hearing now that that is not true. It's going to come back as the circle of life. Which is kind of a shame to me because yeah. it, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big, almost IMAX-style theater. It's a, like, like a big... It's relatively large, I guess. I mean, as far as the, the ratio of screen sure. to All guest. Right. Okay, it's not your typical tri- uh, it's uh, rectangular... It's almost always empty, yeah. but it's not your typical rectangular right. movie screen. Right, right. It's a little bit longer and bigger, so it's shot on specific. Must be shot on specific stock film and mm-hmm. things like that. And I was when I read this, I was kind of I was really hoping that we would be taking this opportunity to do something, right? Uh, something different. I just assumed it was going to be a, um, you know, a, a place for trailers for the next. <laughs> Yeah, Disney mean, film or something, oh, right? You know, because they're all shot in IMAX now, right? So it's not as hard to do that anymore. So I just assume so they've, they've been pretty much doing that at One Man's Dream or the former One Man's Dream Theater, right? right. Um, I suppose they could move it here, or at least at least. I mean, I just assume it. that's what it would yeah. be, just j- just because they were going to change it to something. Because as you said, nobody went to see the Circle of Life, right? Film. The Circle was, of Life, that sort of. I mean, it's you know, obviously. 
pollution and stuff is an important part of the what you're hearing about in the land, but it's really more of a animal kingdom topic nowadays anyway. Well, I could see what you're saying there, but it also just was a dull film. It was dull. So, <laughs> so, I haven't gone in years. No, I, I haven't either, but uh, it, I never never captured my attention. So anyway, so we're moving along. That's it's. But maybe that'll change. That's not confirmed, though, that it's coming back. It's yet, not right? confirmed one way or the other. That's okay. correct. All we know is it's going down for a bit. Um, and it closed rather abruptly. There was no, no warning at all. No People warning just at like all. woke up just and it's not there. Shut the doors. <laughs> um, there is a test going on from February twelfth, which obviously started recently, to the twenty seventh, where guests will be able to make same day reservations for lunch and dinner at the Jungle Skipper Canteen. Um, you can, you know, get your reservations as per usual right, on the I'm website or www.dine, the phone number, or in your My Disney Experience app. But um, up until now, you have walk-up only. Now they're doing same-day reservations. I can only assume it'll be, become part of the ADR possibility. Why hasn't been up to this point? I don't know. And, I, and I, to be honest, I really have no idea why they need to test a same-day reservations. <laughs> but, well, they, they don't, don't really how, have a lot of experience. They don't know how ADRs work yet. I mean, I don't, I don't understand the need to test it. Has it been a hit? I have heard very good things. I know our friends at Disney Hipsters just put a, a blog up about how, yeah, how great it fantastic They're vegetarians, though. Correct. What about from people with, I've s- only with less heard, of a slivered... Uh... I've only heard good things. Really? Yes. Okay, good. There's been a couple of... Crowds? Big? Is that why they're doing the ADRs? Because there's guess. potential crowd I issues. I haven't seen too many, too much in the way of crowds. Okay, but, but it's not like the Beauty and the Beast one where no, it was just packed. In the no, beginning. no, no, no. Okay. It's nothing like that. Nothing okay, like that. You are able to walk up currently. You are okay. Yeah. All right. So then, there what's the point of the way. ADRs? Why not put it on the ADR system? I mean, what, isn't everything pretty much in the an ADR? Is it at a this sit point? down? It is a sit down. So there's no counter service. There's at no all. counter service. Okay. At all. Sit down, lunch and dinner. And when does this same day thing start? Started on the twelfth, ends on the twenty seventh. Okay, so you're gonna have to keep us on 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 point on this. Yeah, sure. Keep me because I may want to try this. Go there, yeah, yeah. Is it worth it? You think? I've heard good things, but it's uh, it's you were making fun of the Tiffin's menu before. It's, yeah, I know. It's not it, unlike that. Okay, I know that, but that's okay for me. I'm not making fun. I'm I not saying, saying I'm upset about the Tiffin's menu. We just don't think it's gonna last. I just I think it's gonna be burgers and chicken. People fingers. be wandering around so, going, "I just want chicken fingers." Exactly. Exactly. I know people like that. Exactly. I know people like that in the other room. Yeah. <laughs> we know a lot of people like that. <laughs> One more. Dave. Well, actually, two more real quick. Uh, Cinderella's Coach is now arriving at the Disney's Grand Floridian starting on February 12th. Again, uh, Cinderella will host a pr- princess promenade on a daily basis at the resort. Guests 3 to 12 are invited to stroll down the grand staircase of the resort with Cinderella then participate in a waltz in the main lobby. Oh, isn't that nice? All, <laughs> all young princes and princesses are invited to join this daily promenade that begins at 3.30. Well, it's free. I mean, you can't really you complain can't, about yeah, it. No, I mean, it's no. just, You're paying so much for that place, you got to get something. Uh, it doesn't say anything about you have to be staying there to see it. Really? Well, it that's good. It doesn't say anything about that. Excellent. I think you just have to show up at the resort, and you are um, good to go. I think I'll skip it. What's next? Dave, waffle sandwiches at Sleepy Hollow. Uh-oh. Again, I might get a little teary-eyed about this. No. The sweet and sour waffle and uh, the uh, they had a prosciutto one, too, I believe, oh. are now gonzo. They're uh, no longer being served at Sleepy Hollow. I don't understand it. They were hugely popular. But are there other waffle sandwiches? No. So that's it. That's Those it. were the two waffle sandwiches, and they're both gone. Yeah, that's my understanding. I don't know about the Nutella one, the dessert one that they have. 
Wow. But the meal ones are gone. Yeah, they were like universally praised. It was the only good thing to eat at the at the Magic Kingdom. As well, that was I'm before concerned. the new Skipper place opened up. I mean, I mean counter service. <laughs> wow, that is upsetting. I'm surprised. I'm surprised to hear that. I really am because they are they were universally applauded. But as we point out time and time again, those of us who go to Disney a lot have very different opinions, especially on food, to those who go sure. who, who make up the majority of guests at the place. A brigitto waffle sandwich sounds risky and cool and delicious, but everybody in the park wants burgers and chicken fingers. Mm-hmm. That's true. So that eventually that's what happens. Just that's ask true. the African spice cake. Dave. Yes. It's time to play America's favorite game. Oh yes. <laughs> this right, is gotta this get is, my pen. This is a weird one, but go ahead. All right. You'll like see why in a minute. Ones. Okay. Dave, um tickets for a club villain event. At Disney's Hollywood Studios okay. will begin March 2016. Um, it is not, of course, the price of admission is not included in this event. It's you know during regular park hours. Okay. Club Villain is available on Tuesdays and Saturdays and is located at the new Sunset Showcase Theater near the Rock and Roller Coaster. Okay. They built that uh, that theater that's that Flex Theater. You don't oh. remember this? No. Okay. Very good. Uh, Sunset Showcase is where is it? Right by the Rock and Roller Coaster. But where? Behind it? Yeah, back. Yeah. Oh, so where they used to have the old Star Tours, uh, the Star Wars weekends show was, or or shop was back. I do remember this. But they built the theater. They built the theater there, which they, which we don't know what that means, but now we do. Well, they're doing this. I, I I would imagine they have other events, like when they have the cheerleaders and stuff. Anyway, they're flexing. Um. This spellbinding event Spell, well, features that's worth twenty dollars right there. Decadent New Orleans de- delicacies, delicacies. Oh boy, um, as well as some fiendish cocktail concoctions. Ooh, wow, we're really talking money. Okay, uh, specialty alcoholic drinks plus beer and wine are There's, included. I believe so. Okay, doesn't really. Say, it says trick or treat yourself to fiendish cocktail concoctions. Okay, that's the that's the press release. Now, um, there will be hilarious stage show numbers and up Hol- close... Stage show? Yes. That's, that's, well, it is a flex theater. Okay, that's... that's and up close fun. encounters with Disney's most dastardly doomsday divas. Oh, well, Mix we and mingle those. with Maleficent, the Queen of Hearts, the Evil Queen, mm. and Cruella DeVille. There will also okay. be a house DJ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dave, guess what the price is. What do we get to eat? Doesn't say. I- I'll give you some of the things, Sure. Sure. Tender beef strip lo- uh, oh. strip loin rubbed with um, some sort of New Orleans spices. Okay, voodoo sticky pig wings. Pig- which I, I'm assuming that's ribs. <laughs> uh, spicy shrimp sautéed with andouille sausage, tomato, okra, and onions over a creamy polenta. Okay. Very kind of New Orleans style. Okay, food. I think I'm ready. Eighty five dollars. Dave, the price. See, so this was a trick one. We actually did this several months ago. We did? We did, and it was $99 per person. It went down, and they're bringing it back in March at $129. So they jacked up the price 30 bucks for the same exact event. <laughs> it's been gone since, like, November. They're bringing it back. And so they closed March. it for three months, and now they're bringing it back for $30 more? $30 more, $129 Wow, I guess it was popular. I guess it was. <laughs> wow, that blows me away. I mean, my th- my thought pattern was a show is worth 
a certain amount of money. So the food that you were telling me is made, you know, that's expensive for Disney. So we're talking 60 bucks for that. Right. Then you got to add another, you know, $25, $30 just for the show, even though it's probably not any good. Um, so I, I, well, I mean, I shouldn't say probably not any good. It's probably nothing really to write home about. Correct. You know, it's just a character thing. Um, so I, I, wow, that's incredible. Dave, that's the world news. So if you want to do that show, <laughs> if you, you were going to spend $100 for your ticket to get in. Right. So it's two hundred dollars, right. and then you get two thirty to two two hundred and thirty dollars. You get pig wings. You want specialty cocktail drinks? Specialty cocktail drinks and pig wings. Anyway, Seems about right for two hundred and thirty bucks. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> you could be Cruella Deville and dance with uh, no thanks, Maleficent. No thanks. So that's it for the news. We're gonna take a short break. Come back with <laughs> our walking tour of Pangani Forest. Come on, gang, let's take it home. <laughs> If you're like me, you're an Animal Kingdom fan who is just a bit tired of listening to so-called Disney experts who criticize our beloved park for being a, quote, half-day park. Well, it's time to put your frustrations into action by going to the Jumbo Everyone store at Zazzle.com slash Jumbo Everyone and picking up one of our exclusive new Not a Half-Day Park t-shirts. They look great, and we will donate 50% of the profits to our conservation partners. The rest of it will go to helping keep Radio Harambe on the air and JomboEveryone.com on the web. Wear it the next time you visit the parks, or even better, the next time you attend a Disney fan meetup. Go to Zazzle.com slash JomboEveryone today and wear your Animal Kingdom pride for all to see. Back to Radio Harambe. I'm still recovering from the fact that I didn't know that we had already done that <laughs> guest before for the guest the show. I want to. I want to offer. It was a few months ago. I want to offer a couple of excuses. Number not, number one, okay, I don't yeah. care what goes on at the Hollywood Studios if it's not Star Wars related. I was going to say you really don't. I don't think anybody would really blame you for not remembering that. <laughs> That's the first thing. thing. I, I, Go ahead. Number two, I am, and I've said this a million times, almost entirely anti hard ticket events. I do not like these things. You pay $100 to get in the door. You can give me a villain's show for free. Well, but I'll pay for drink. my food. Okay. I'll pay for my drink. Right. If I choose to. Right. But entertainment like that should not be secluded or excluded for people who just want to pay the $100 to walk in the door. Especially in the current state that Hollywood Studios exactly. is in with only like exactly. three things to do as it Which is. Which we could say that about every park aside from Magic, Magic Kingdom. Kingdom right sure. now. Sure. Because they're all in under construction. <laughs> you know, it's sure. and major things closed and, you know, and outdated and stuff right. like that. So I, 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 I make these guesses, but I never think about what they are because I would never go to them or suggest anybody to go to them because you just don't need to spend that much money walking in the door you know right it's not like a it's not, it's it's also not like one of these 
tours, like the Wild Africa. Yeah, trip. I mean, that's, we talk about how something out of Wild that. Africa trek is more expensive than maybe you, you could have. Way afford. more expensive than it should be. But, I've never gone on it but for that. You would, only you would say that that is a viable hard ticket event, kind of. I mean, I guess if you, for lack of a better term, a tour is probably. I mean, it's right. a tour, not a hard ticket event, but it's yeah, right. And and tours are different because the backstage you're getting a lot out of that. You get yeah. I mean, it's a. I, I feel different about those, and I've never had a problem with the tours. I don't like the pricing on the Wild Africa Trek by any means, but that just right. It's like two hundred bucks. I'm not going on that. But by not going on the Wild Africa Trek, I'm not losing out on any specific no, piece of not. entertainment. I mean, no, they're not. going places where. Well, you can make the same argument about. The villain show? No, the villain show. I mean, they don't use the flex theater. I mean, if it's yeah, not going it's, on Tuesday and Saturday, they're putting a not... show on that I can't attend. Yeah, well, that's true. So well, they're putting I, I don't on like a, it. A, a, like a, 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 a tour, a, a backstage tour of we'll Wild Africa, Killing Jar Safaris that you can't sure. attend. We'll put it this way: okay. if you want to spend your money on something extra, take a tour. Don't do a dessert party. It's not necessary. That's no, how because I feel. you can meet these villains at other places. So let's move on to Pingani Forest. Exploration trail. Sure. For most people who come to Disney's Animal Kingdom, the first glimpse of the Pangani Forest Exploration Trail, they may not even know they're seeing such this said trail. Mm-hmm. Uh, most people who come go on the Kilimanjaro Safaris at Rope Drop, which we always suggest that you do. And as you exit, you're actually seeing a quick glimpse of the Pangani Forest Exploration Trail. If you're lucky, you're seeing a gorilla right there. Um, oh, sure. As you're, ex- you're ex- exiting your truck. You also mm-hmm. see part of the Pangani Forest Trail on the ride itself. The Okapis yep. and the Diker there, and we'll get to them in a yep. few minutes, yep. are visible both on the ride and in the trail. Correct. So you're actually getting this glimpse of the Pangani without even knowing you're looking at it. Right. right. But any good traveler should want to learn more about what they just saw. Any good traveler would not be satisfied with the 26-minute ride or whatever it is on the Kilimanjaro safaris. So if you are a good traveler and you do want to learn more about wildlife, the research done, things such as conservation and, and threats that some of these animals meet, then don't get off this Kilimanjaro safaris and blaze straight for the next ride. Take a right and head to the Pangani Forest Exploration Trail. And when you walk in... Look to your right. Before you go through the gate, there'll be like a little truck or it's like a little cart mm-hmm. of stuff. And on there, you'll see the original Radio Harambe. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> that's it's actually part of the Wildlife uh, Wilderness Explorers Club now. They do like a little yep, radio But bit. it's been there forever. Right, right, it's right. It's been there from the beginning. Yep. radio bit there now, too. Yep. So anyway, let's take a walk through Pangani. Okay. Let's do it. It's Which means, wait a minute, I ha- was a place of enchantment? That is correct. Pangani is Swahili for place of enchantment. That is It's just correct. important that you know that. Dave, one of the first things you will see before you even get into the attraction itself, similar to the radio that you mentioned, is sort of this sign which talks about the um, Pangani uh, Sanctuary and Conservation School and it also references the Gorilla Valley Research Center. And it's a kind of a... A rough map of what you're, where you're going to be going, and it, you know, it does some things as t- tells you not to make too much noise and not to, uh, you know, beware of leopards and buffalo and and um, you know, watch out for animal nests and tracks and whatnot, and that sort of gets you started into the vibe of the Pangani Forest Trail, which is supposed to be the the conceit of the area is 
that this is uh, not only a you know forest sanctuary for gorillas and other animals, but is also a school for conservation being run by the Wildlife uh, Reserve, uh, Harambe Wildlife Reserve. And in fact, um, when you first get to the you know sort of this little almost like a hut that you walk through um, that talks about the well, has the pangani on the on the front of it. There's the little shield from Harambe, the Harambe Wildlife Reserve, the um, right. the sable antelope. So this is run by the same sort of institution. Now, um, it is, of course, a wildlife sanctuary, and the director is immediately identified as Dr. K. Kulunda. K-U-L-U-N-D-A. So I hope I'm pronouncing that right. And his motto right at the beginning is, um, we do not inherit the earth from our parents, we only borrow it from our children. One screaming at this moment. <laughs> That's right. And as you walk in, you see this plaque right before, um, um, the, you know, the first exhibit. And the plaque actually refers to the area as Nyami Falls, which is N-Y-A-M-I. You'll see that there. And that translates to Gorilla Falls. Now, for all of us old people who remember the park when it opened in yes. 1998, the original name of the air, the uh, this trail was the Gorilla Falls Exploration Trail. I, I actually think I have a pin that says that. Oh, really? If I look into my pin collection, yeah. This is one of only two references to Gorilla Falls um, still remaining in the Pangani Forest Trail. And we'll get to the other one later. The thought process, just as an aside, for the name change is... I. I the Imagineers or the, you know, whoever was in charge of the park, whoever decides these things, um, felt that by calling it Gorilla Falls, people just thought there were gorillas and skipped over all the other stuff just to go see the gorillas. I can't imagine guests are that stupid, but maybe they are. Well, I don't know if if they would do that, but I could certainly see how people would think as they walked past it that the only thing they have in there is gorillas. Right. And so maybe they skipped going into it because... They don't want to see gorillas. I don't want to see the gorillas. But, but they don't know that there's though. hippos and other things. Right. Well, I mean, we could talk about the way people travel <laughs> through the animal <laughs> kingdom. True. I mean, we That's know true. we're well aware of that. Now, you will see evidence throughout the trail of students. And there are numerous observation blinds, and we'll talk about those in a little bit, so that the students can actually study the wildlife. You'll see homemade signs, and I use homemade in quotes because they're obviously not homemade. They've been there <laughs> since 1998, and they're very, uh, they, they'll, they last. Um, you even see a, uh, some student painting on a rock, beware of buffalo, and we'll get to that in a moment. But um, And Disney has also added, Dave, and you'll hear this throughout, this is more of a general thing, animal sounds from coming from the forest. So you'll hear you know, birds from Africa, right. leopard growling right. in the trees and stuff to sort of give you the sense of being very in some subtle. Other place. It's very subtle, but really cool. It is. It is. And and if you're there, you know, when the, when there's relatively crowded, just the the ambient noise from all the people around you will drown all of that out. But if you're lucky enough to right. be there early and very early in the day when there's nobody else there, or maybe to, almost at the end of the day and there's just not a lot of people in the park, um, or at least on the trail, you get a um, you can hear that a little bit better. Anyway, Dave, the first exhibit, and you stop me if you want to discuss anything in particular, but the first exhibit is the Endangered Animal Rehabilitation Center. And this seemingly primitive exhibit is made up of netting and ropes and, you know, uh, wooden boxes for black and white colobus monkeys. Oh, okay. All right. That's the first actual yep. animal exhibit that you see there at, right. at, the, at the Pangani. And... 
you know, a lot of people would probably say to themselves, you know, what is, why is Disney building it like this? I mean, you know, we're, this is supposed to be a state-of-the-art zoo. I just got off the Kilimanjaro safaris exactly, where exactly. they blend all these animals and these grand vistas and the Maharaja Jungle Trek, you know, is, is it's such a great job of, of uh, displaying animals in naturalistic settings. So why this sort of primitive-looking netting? And that's actually on purpose because in many parks and sanctuaries such as this, if animals are injured or displaced due to habitat destruction, uh, park workers, either whether they're students or just ranch uh, um, park rangers, will rehabilitate the animals in settings such as this, getting them ready to reintroduce them into the into the wild. And this is what they're trying to show here. They are showing this family of black and white colobus monkeys that someday will be re- released into the Pangani Forest, which is next door. And this is sort of the entrance to the sanctuary itself. Um, and this family is apparently almost ready to return to the wild, although they've been almost ready to return to the wild since April of 1998, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> <laughs> You'll also see in this area, um, sort of, so the colobus monkeys will be on your right-hand side as you're entering, and all along the left is sort of this wall that has backpacks and gear and, you know, camp, you know uh, water bottles and all this kind of stuff. And this is actually... Uh, where the students will leave their belongings and then on the wall hanging there, and then they'll gather them up as they go out into the reserve for their studying purposes. Um, there's all sorts of stuff here that you will see that uh, that a researcher may use or may need, I should say, when studying, such as bug repellent for obvious reasons and coffee for obvious reasons. <laughs> um, you also see signs of some of the actual research being performed on the colobus monkeys here including a chalkboard where they're making some observations. And there's actually a fairly graphic sign about uh, the problems of bushmeat in the uh, in that wild Africa, which, of course, for those who don't know, is basically just a word for poaching animals and cooking them no matter what they are. And monkeys, right. unfortunately, uh, get a lot of that. There's a lot of um, indigenous people who will capture these endangered animals, such as monkeys, and eat them because they have nothing else to eat. And it has far-reaching effects on the human population rather than just the well, that's true. the animal population. That's true. I mean, diseases, that is usually the cause of right. these diseases jumping to human um, you know, to humans. Right. As you move down the path and enter the reserve itself, you come to the next exhibit, and that's the one we talked about briefly before, and that's the Okapis and the Yellowback Dikers in this area. Um, there's also Stanley Cranes in this exhibit. This is also the first time you will see an observation blind, which is essentially sort of a camouflage blind so that students can watch the animals. And in theory, the animals don't know that you're there to watching them and will act naturally. The okapi are a fascinating animal and an animal that is seen also, at, of course, at the Animal Kingdom Lodge. But the unusual thing about okapis is that they are found only in the Itori Forest in the Congo, not Um, the areas where Harambe is supposed to be based on, which is Tanzania and Kenya. Hmm. So if you look at the exhibit here, and there's some some good graphics about the difference between an okapi and a giraffe. They're the closest living relative of the giraffe. There's also a a, uh, faux newspaper clipping, (laughs) which um, actually shows you and sort of gives you the story behind uh, bringing the okapi to Harambe. And uh, the Yatori Forest, which is actually part of the Congo, and I know we've talked about the Congo in the past, uh, the democratic state of the, of the Congo is one of the most 
war-torn areas in the country. It's been in a constant state of civil war and even genocide um, for years. And the Aturi Forest is smack dab in the middle of all of that. And in an effort to keep the Okapi safe, they have decided to take a population and put them here at the Pangani Forest. Um, so it's an interesting way of detailing sort of the, the plight that these animals have and, and incorporated and into also the explaining how they're now part of this right because they don't belong with the other animals as far as where their where their location is yeah right now um, there are also some uh, some other little signs there's a board that actually has a letter from Dr. Aluga and he is the fictional head of the Atori Okapi pod project and he writes a letter to Dr. Colunda who I talked about before. And he provides like sort of all sorts of information about the Okapi. And again, it's a, a unique way of providing information about the animal to the, the uh, park guest. Most zoos and even in other parts of the animal kingdom is just, you know, this is the saddle-built stork. This is where it lives. This is what it eats. This is how it, you know, this is some of its behavior. But in here in Pangani, they offer a different way to do it and, and relay that information to you. And they also reference two young scientists, Apti, a native of Kenya, and Omari, who's a native Harambian, who are working on this relocation project. And you also see that uh, Dr. Kalunda is going to do a speech about Okapis uh, this, this Sunday. It's been this, you know, this coming Sunday for about 15 years now. Um, and there's a cute little reference uh, to, you know, make sure you pray for the generator. Um, you know, just referencing how shoestring budget, you know, how these projects operate on shoestring budgets. Um, at any moment, the generator can go and there goes the speech by Dr. Kalunda. Shortly thereafter, as we move on, are you a big fan of the Okapi, Dave? Yes. Yes, Okay. As we move on, you'll see the Beware of Buffalo sign that I mentioned before. And this is actually a good spot to see, look on the ground, and you'll see different tracks of different animals. And, right. they, and they blend that into the concrete to make it look like you're on this you know, mud path that's dried up. And you know all these footprints, whether it's leopards or you know, birds or whatnot, um, are, is in the path before you. And again, listen for the sounds. But the next stop is actually the research center itself. This is the home for the conservation school, which you'll see as soon as you walk in. But before you do, as you walk onto the deck and you just step up onto the deck here, you'll see all sorts of crates full of supplies, including some really huge crates that are going to Morris Kiengo, K-Y-E-N-G-O. Again, I'm hoping I'm pronouncing it right. Um, that will actually mean something later on in the Pangani Forest Trail. But once you step through the concert, the doors, you will see the school, the conservation school itself. The first thing you'll notice on your left is Dr. Kalunda's desk, and you'll see all sorts of knickknacks, you know, pictures of various animals, uh, notes uh, for various things, animal stamps. Uh, one of the more unique things on here, Dave, is a can of bug spray. And let me, I'm going to ask you a question. Do you know what the can of bug spray signifies? Malaria? It's buggy? No. <laughs> it is a can of Doom bug spray. Does that ring a bell for you at all? Doom? Mm-hmm. Is it from the 
Bugs? Very good, Dave. Tough it's from, to be a bug? It's tough to That's, be a bug. That was it's the, the doom spray. Bug, yeah. It's the same can that they use in the It's Tough to Be a Bug show. I never show. noticed that. Yes, it's right there on his desk, the Doom Bug Spray. If I saw that, I would know that's what it was. Right. Because I, I would recognize the right. look of the can. Make sure you spend some time looking at all the knickknacks. And there's, you know, there's, um, you know, all their little fun little items and stuff. And there's also some cabinets that have the drawers and stuff like that. And most guests, I don't know what kind of animal that is. Most guests, <laughs> as they walk through, will not think that they can open up the drawers and see inside but in Pangani in the conservation school you are free to do so so if you come along a desk where you can actually get to open up the drawers and you'll see things like skeletons like um yeah uh, there's quite a preserved few of them insects too. there's yeah, quite, there's a, quite few a few of, yeah. um and they're there for you to look at and kind of you know get a sense of and this is supposed to be you know the the school itself and this is what they use for the school they're also um, small terrariums for different animals, including the four-striped mouse and the pancake tortoise. The pancake tortoise is so named the pancake tortoise because its shell is quite flat as it lives within the rocky crevices uh, on the savanna. But of course, perhaps the biggest um, draw of the conservation school is the naked mole rat colony. Uh, the idea here is when the school was being built, they were building it into the side of a sort of hill and Pangani, and as they were digging the hill to build the school, they came across a naked mole rat colony. And instead of continuing, they kind of just stopped, put up some glass, so that now the students can study these fascinating animals. Um, and the naked mole rats are fascinating. If you get a chance to watch them and even read some of the the, the signs there, you will see that um, they're actually they act very much like insects, ants. They're creepy there's a, there's, looking. Though. They are very creepy. They're nearly blind. Um, and there are there's a queen who's the only one that breeds. There if you are don't workers. like mice, don't spend any time in front of the naked mole rat. <laughs> they are a fascinating animal as their behavior has essentially evolved to mimic that of ants with queens and workers and drones. Um, very much, um, very different from any other type of mammal. And you'll see um, that's actually being studied by a Miss Mathoni, who is a student there who is charged with studying these ant-like mammals. There are some other chalkboards here in this room, too, so take a look at it. There's a, a Dr. Davis who is performing a uh, study on the spotted hyenas, which we've talked about yeah. on our show in the past. She is in the process of photographing and identifying all these animals, and you see a board with different photographs of the spotted hyena. Um, and she is studying how you know the females, the, the pack behavior, um, where the females are in charge of the, of the pack as opposed to males, and... You know, there's some notes there about the spotted hyena. And this, of course, has been up there since well before uh, Disney has gotten a hyena. Although, Correct. Yeah. As, as a side note, Dave, on going back to local news for a minute, I'm hearing one of the hyenas are getting shipped to the Bronx Zoo. One of the male hyenas because he's being bullied by the other male. Oh, See, boy. A, a, <laughs> this is an inside scoop as to the zoo kind of aspect of these. This happens a lot right. uh, in zoos. Anyway. Dave, when you exit the research center, you then come to the Avery. And I think, um, and we may have talked about this in the past, I think this is the best way to um, exhibit birds uh, in the country, really. I've been to many zoos that have birdhouses, and these birds are kept in some smaller kind of glass-fronted exhibits right. where they don't get a lot of room to, you know, pardon the pun, spread their wings. 
Um, but here in Pangani, they have a big um, walk through Avery where they get to fly around pretty much like they would in the wild. And take a look above you and you'll be able to see the netting of the Avery hidden amongst the trees. It's not very obvious when you first walk in. Um, you have to really take a good look and you'll see where the Avery um, ends above you. Um, and there are a lot of fun birds to look at here, including my favorites, the weaver birds, which um, are these little golden birds that build these very elaborate nests as the males try to attract females by building these elaborate nests um, in the trees. Usually, usually there's some right to your right when you first walk in as well as towards the end. Also, the hammer cops yeah, are pretty good. there's a few down on the water too, right? There's like a, or down on the ground, you see some walking around in that. I mean, of, birds. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There are yeah. some, uh, the, you know, there's a stream that goes through it and we'll get to that in a, a little bit more in a minute. But there are some um, waterfowl that walk around in the in the water as well. So there are plenty of birds. And there's also fish in here. That's there, right. There are chicklets, <laughs> which are, um, in many cases, highly endangered fish from the middle of Africa. Lake Victoria has most of the species of chicklets. And there are ki- kind of fish that have actually evolved in, in a fascinating manner to fill all sorts of niches within the Lake Victoria ecosystem. There are dozens upon dozens of types of chicklids. Many of them are quite pretty um, and they have them here, but they're so specialized that when certain things, you know, certain uh, issues happen in with the habitat, whether it's pollution or, you know, you know, some sort of damming or whatnot, um, these animals become highly, highly endangered since they're so specialized. But you'll get a look at the Lake Victoria uh, fish and there's actually a sign by a Dr. Adam Methenji, who's another of the uh, people here at, or one of the students, actually, I should say, at Pangani. He is studying and he is doing research on the chiclet fish. Um, and you get a good, when you first walk in off to your left, you get a good underwater look at them. But they're also throughout the stream in this exhibit as well. Now, you ready to exit the Avery? Sure. All right. When you do, I'm trying you, to remember where we're going here. Sure. The next exhibit you um, come across, and again, this is important with regards to the water in the aviary. You are now in the hippos. And it is oh, right, right. one of the few exhibits in the world, in the country really, although they're getting more common um, as the years go on, of hippos where you can see them actually underwater. underwater yeah. Um, the exhibit here is a, full of story, you know, backstory. Um, on one board, you'll learn that the conservation school has school children from the area come in um, you know, one of the things that you will, uh, perhaps you don't, maybe you do or don't know, is that in places like Harambe, you know, a fictional, but in real places like Kenya or Tanzania, school children um, don't really get a chance to see like the gorillas and the giraffes and, and some of the other animals that are literally only miles from their from their home. They live, may perhaps live in urban areas. And obviously, you know, gorillas aren't walking through the streets of cities in Kenya and, and Tanzania. And they don't really get the opportunity to go into the wild and see them. And, but the Harambe Wildlife Reserve and the Pangani Forest in particular are attempting to have children come there. And there's a, a class from the uh, Matuamami Primary School. Uh, and they have sent letters thanking the, stu- the teachers at uh, the conservation school for their tour of Harambe. And you'll see... You know, take a few moments to read about um, some of those thank you letters, and you get a kind of a sense of what I'm talking about. You are now on the Safi River, S-A-F-I, and Dr. Kulunda 
was able to raise enough money to actually dam the river, allowing the underwater study of the hippos. And you will notice the dam as you're looking at the hippos. You'll see what's, you know, this pretend dam. Um, in some places, the dam has actually sprung a few leaks, and you'll see little driblets of water. Sometimes that effect, they turn off depending on the weather, depending on how much actual, you know, if there's a drought situation, they'll turn it off. You'll also see lots of equipment, lots of materials, and you'll see the aforementioned Mr. Kiengo, who, um, who is referenced at the beginning of the conservation school. He is studying the local hippos, and he is actually studying the underwater communication uh, between hippos. You know, there are a bunch of video clips of um, the hippos that he has collected, but as a side note, the footage from these is actually from the True Life Adventures film, uh, which we discussed, The African Lion. And they've really? re- retrofitted <laughs> the, that, that old, wow. the, those old video clips from that, from that uh, and we, had, we talked about this uh, yeah, you know, many incredible. moons ago. Uh, they use that here at, at Disney's Animal Kingdom. Um, and there are also some graphics about how hippos help the ecosystem itself. They, you know, just their massive bulk. They're, they move dirt. They kick up, you know, nutrients from the silt below. Um, and, perhaps grossly, they will eat on land, but... Poop in the water. Defecate in the water. <laughs> you could say poop. Which um, helps... <laughs> To fertilize the plant life in the water, Yummy. and you know, makes uh, it creates ecosystem. Then it ends up on your salad at uh, that's right at uh, Tiffin's. As you can imagine, <laughs> this of course makes it very difficult to keep that water clean, uh, so you can actually see uh, underwater hippos. But be that as it may, so somebody has to clean here. the poop out of the bottom of the well, water. Well, they have an extraordinarily powerful filtration system. Um, the Toledo Zoo was actually the first one that actually started doing this. Cool, but now, this animal kingdom is. Isn't it true that the water you see dripping is fake? Like not fake, but they 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 put a like a little water yeah, drip it's a water there effect, yeah, to it, make it look like it's leaking, to make it look like the dam is maybe not the gr- state of the art, right? Okay, and there's a so, little issue. But so it, if you again, see that water, it's not doesn't have hippo poop in it. It doesn't have hippo poop, and also, like I said, they will sometimes turn that off depending on. Depending on the day, or the weather, and whatnot. But it doesn't have hippo poop, so you're fine. It doesn't. Dave, you follow the, continuing to follow the path, you get to the Overlook. And this spot is unlike the rest of the trail. It, it emphasizes some of the cultural background of the area, and it also overlooks the savannah. And, and you do see a little bit of the Kilimanjaro safaris, although you can't really see any of the animals there. Now, the building looks a lot like the boma that you see in the middle of Kilimanjaro safaris that they use for the wild Africa trek. Right. It's decorated with spears and shields from the Masa tribe, which is, you know, a very famous uh, African uh, savannah tribe of warriors. Um, they also have gourds uh, hanging around, which are traditionally used to carry water as well as alcoholic beverages for the warriors as they go out into the wild. When this exhibit first opened, a little history lesson, it held meerkats and warthogs, and I think we all know the significance of that. It was a real-life Pumbaa and Timon exhibit. Warthogs have long since left this exhibit, although still on the Kilimanjaro safaris. Um, the meerkats were joined for a while by Jeranooks, which are these long-necked uh, gazelles. Um, they were there up until, I would say, 2012, maybe 2011, something like that. More recently, they have been joined, by, of course, by the Grevy's Zebra, which um, the Grevy Zebra Trust is a conservation partner of ours. Um, and, uh, you know, they've been doing relatively well, I think, there. And Disney's Animal Kingdom, 
when you combine it with the Animal Kingdom Lodge, is one of the few zoos that I'm aware of that exhibits all three species of zebra. Yeah. The grevies, which are here. The plains zebra, which you see in the Kilimanjaro Safari itself, although... You know, we've talked about ad nauseum how they had to try to have a herd at the end, and that didn't work out. But there's a couple right. that they use during the bulk of the safari. And then there's the mountain zebra, which you will find at the Animal Kingdom Lodge. Uh, the meerkats, and if, you know, again, take a look, and it's important to take a look at some of the, you know, e- exhibit stuff uh, lying around. The meerkats are being studied by uh, Dr. Jikunga. Uh, you'll see his notebook there, where he has observations about the meerkats. And of course, the meerkats are uh, you know fun animals to watch, and have actually recently, well, maybe not so recently, a year and a half ago or so, had babies. Um, you'll always notice that there's one meerkat sitting sort of on top uh, of some sort of one of the termite mound kind of structures. He is the lookout, and they always have a lookout on on the watch for you know hawks or other types of birds of prey or other types of predators, I should say. Um, and there's some notebooks there. There's also um, a warthog skull compared with a meerkat skulls you could see sort of get the get the sense of difference there are lots of skulls around um pangani forest there's hippo and crocodile ones at the uh, hippo exhibit there and then there's these as well as some in the conservation school um anyway dave we are moving on to the last exhibit and you'll never guess the what's here the best uh, one of the best zoo exhibits i've seen anywhere these, of course, are the gorillas. The first area you are get in, uh, entering is the research outpost. And like other areas of the trail, there are lots of signs of the students. Uh, Dr. Mirza is, has some notes on a board studying the diet of the gorilla troop that you are, they are studying here. And the troop you're actually looking at is the family group, which is made up of a silverback male, several females, as well as their young, including... Uh, babies that were born last year, Le- yeah, or 2014, I guess it would be now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, right yeah. The September about and, 18 months uh, ago, yeah, last September time, and October yeah. of um, 2014. Correct. There are also two young researchers in the area: Stephanie Lucas, who's an American student in Harambe, and Ruth Kamutai, who is a Tanzanian, and they stay uh, work overnights and study behavior overnight. And you'll actually see in this exhibit, there are bunk beds, which are covered with netting for obvious reasons. There's lots of skeeters in the Pancani forest. And perhaps Disney's attempt to be a comment on society itself. You will see that the bunk of the Tanzanian has a lot less stuff than the American, who has a lot more, you know, knickknacks and stuff like that at her bunk. The two have also provided uh, us a map, a hand-drawn map of the troops area, as well as its border with a bachelor group, which we'll get to in a second. And they also made some notes about the sleeping behaviors and nesting behaviors of the gorillas. And of course, since they work overnights, that's what they'll be studying. Uh, Dr. Kalunda also appears one more time here in the Pangani Forest. He apparently, you just missed, a lecture that he gave about gorilla anatomy. Uh, someone has forgotten to erase the blackboard. It's still up there, and you know, I'm sure right. many of you remember the the, the um, Large. blackboard of the silverback gorilla, kind of with his arms out wide, and right. you know, he sort of shows you some of the physical adaptations of the gorilla and, uh, that, to the rainforest and its jungle life. Um, and it gives you kind of a good overview. 
as you of the gorilla uh, anatomy as you exit this area kind of go up and around and you come to a suspension bridge to your right is the family troop that you have just seen and to your left is the bachelor group uh, the stream that you are crossing here kind of provides a natural boundary for the two groups and in the wild uh, oftentimes bachelor uh, gorillas either in troops or singly will sort of live on the periphery of a family group's uh, domain in the hopes that uh, as the silverback of the family sort of gets older and loses some of its strength, as you know, all of us who are getting older can appreciate, <laughs> uh, one of the bachelors will move in and essentially fight the, the male, the, the troop leader, and kick out the silverback and take over the family as his own. And you sort of get a, a sense of that here as the... Um, the males in the bachelor group are kind of hanging out on the periphery of the group itself. Um, now, as you exit the Pangani, and we're almost done here, you will see some more crates uh, s- sending stuff to the conservation school. And one of them references the Gorilla Falls Conservation School. If you remember at the beginning of this, I said that there were two references to the old name. This is the second and last one. And it's sort of a little wink at the name of the attraction when it opened in 1998 and I think it's one of the best zoological exhibits in the world but that is the walking tour of Pangani do never to be missed and no, absolutely not it's just an, an incredibly uh, detailed and impressive and like I said the gorilla section is perhaps the best zoo exhibit I've ever seen um, it, you can be there for a long time and observe them especially if the I mean, this, the males are so impressive. And when they move around on their knuckles, you know, and they're walking around slowly, or a lot of times they'll go down towards the water mm-hmm. and, 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 and goof around in there. I mean, if you like to photograph these things, they're just incredible to photograph and really are just impressive and beautiful animals. But it's, it, is, it is not to be missed. Everything I had on my list that I was going to try to interject, you said... So, <laughs> how about look, before we go? What would you say would be the best time to go to Pangani? What would be your recommendation? Now, most people, I think, do like the rope drop of Kilimanjaro safaris, and since they're there, we'll walk through Pangani right after that. And I at would say, 10. and I would say, now in the age of Fast Pass Plus, that's probably what I would do mm-hmm. um, because it is a lot of walking, and you know. And, you know, you should try and pace yourself through the park um, because there are between that and Maharaja and, you know, we always suggest that you stop through the Oasis and the Tree of Life trails. There's a lot of standing, a lot of walking to observe these incredible creatures. And I I would, yeah, I would probably say that now as far as the best time to view, you always talk about the bachelors being brought in at the end of the day. Right, right. Uh, I have uh, like a 4.30 or so. Right. Assuming the Pangani closes at 5. And, and you, it can't hurt to ask a, a cast member who, op, you know, who works Pangani what time they're closing for the day. Um, but 4.30-ish, you know, ish, if you can get to the bachelor group around that time, uh, they usually are very active. They'll even sometimes run around, pound their chest because they're about to go in and eat. And they're getting excited, right? Right. So I, I've never seen that. Okay. Um, I, I've I've heard stories. Right. It's good, uh, but I've never been there for that. But so I, I would try that. Uh, but yeah, I, would, I mean, with the, now with Fast Pass Plus, this whole idea of 
jetting around the park right. is really over with. Right, and usually just as a general rule of thumb, and I know we've talked about this, is right as soon as it opens or right before it animals closes are usually the best time yeah. to see. Yep, and because the animals haven't, aren't, aren't just... Or just came out or about to go in and they're getting kind of excited. Yeah, they're awake. They haven't uh, sat right. and also, the, you know sat in the sun for hours, right? And if you're there in like July or or really any time where it's warm, you know, twelve o'clock, one o'clock right. in the middle of the afternoon, they're usually kind of just sleepy. So there you go, folks. I suggest you put this on your iPod the next time you walk through Pangani. You can have your own personally guided tour by your by your tour guide Safari Mike. <laughs> That's right. And listen to the Pangani Forest Exploration Trail. Thanks for joining us. You can obviously follow me on Twitter at Radio Harambe. Mike you can find at, at Jombo Everyone. You can also find us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Jombo Everyone will get you there. Um, we have our last sort of shot here you'll have in the next couple of weeks to buy our Not a Half Day Park and Radio Harambe gear and these things that are on the Zazzle store. That is going to close soon. Uh, much of the website is going to close soon as well as Mike and I are actually uh, well Mike the, uh, I am actually retooling a lot of things oh. and we're redoing a lot of stuff. We have more to talk about that but I just wanted to mention the um, the t-shirts and stuff. If you really I mean the Not a Half Day Park are the ones that sell the most. If you really interested in getting one of those or seeing them uh, go to jomboeveryone.com and you'll see the link for the Zazzle store. Go there and you'll see the Not a Half Day Park t-shirts. All the profits we make off that we're donating to various conservation funds um so you can also help out that way uh d- don't forget to uh just rate the show on itunes and subscribe to the show and i guess that's it did i miss anything no, i think so all right so for safari mike i'm dave mcbride quarini go well and thank you for listening to radio harambe <laughs> Now, who do you